This episode is brought to you by the Young Farmer Business Program, an initiative of the New South Wales Department of Primary Industries. To help you get the skills you need for the office, not the paddock, visit youngfarmer.nsw.gov.au. Well, thanks for tuning in to episode 12 of the FFN Mentor of the Month podcast. I'm Director Tom Rookyard, uh, and in this podcast, we hear from industry experts career, about their career journeys, highs, lows, challenges, opportunities, and uh, everything in between. Today's episode is a very special one where I get to go one-on-one with a uh, past colleague and boss, Angus Street. Streety, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Tomo. Um, really excited to be here. Um, Unsure what words of wisdom I'll be able to part because you definitely taught me a fair bit. So, looking forward to getting into it. It should be pretty good, uh, and it is it's a pleasure to have on a, a past FFN director. It's it's nice to see that uh, you haven't gone too far into lofty heights. So it's nice to have you on, mate. <laughs> no, look, I um, my days at FFN or my years at FFN are, are some of my fondest. Um, working alongside uh, Georgie Alley and Dan Korf, who were both chairs at the time uh, for me during my period. So, yeah, look, I loved my time at FFM and, and I think it's one of the, I guess, really, really passionate and, and driven boards that actually can have an impact. Um, and I've kind of seen it firsthand and, and been fortunate enough to be able uh, to be a part of some of the initiatives that they've rolled out. So, yeah, look, really excited to be back. It, it's uh, it's certainly an amazing organisation to be part of. Um, I, I guess to start off and to, to give everyone a bit of background, can you give us, you know, at a, at a high level, a bit of a bio of yourself um, and, and I guess how it all got started? You're now currently the CEO of Auctions Plus, uh, Australia's largest livestock platform and, and very quickly becoming just about everything in the agricultural world, transactional platform. But can you give me a little bit of a, a background? Where did it all start for Angus Street? Yeah, um, we've got a family property in northern New South Wales. So um, that block was handed down from uh, my dad's family and, and dad took it over. So we grew up there. So I've always kind of had a connection to uh, the land, uh, in particular the beef sector. Uh, dad dabbled in um, in sheep, wool, um, grains, um, but kind of kept circling back to um, livestock. So always had a pretty close affiliation with, with the livestock sector at a, at a grassroots. I had dreams of one day being a drover um, or even heading north um, and doing a season as a ringer. But alas, uh, my parents um, pulled the brakes up on that and I actually took a year off and went overseas um, and did a gap year, which was a wonderful experience. I came back, I studied ag science, I got kicked out of ag science for failing too many subjects. Um, went to Bond University um, and did a double degree uh, up there, which kind of laid the foundations for, um, I guess, the business and communication side of, of, of my experience, really. Um, I then, from there, was a journalist. I, I had, I guess, far-flung ideals of, of being a travel journalist, travelling the globe, writing travel pieces for National Geographic. GFC hit, and unfortunately, that dream became a pipe dream, and, and it just kept getting further and further away, and I, I needed to probably 
pull my socks up and, and get into gear. So I did that and um, went and worked at MLA for three and a half years, uh, which was just a wonderful experience. Working under um, Scott Hansen uh, primarily, who was the who was the MD at the time, um, had a fair bit of fair bit to do with the live export crisis um, to, with Indonesia uh, during that time. So that was a definite eye opener and gave me a huge appreciation of probably the far north uh, of Australia and and the I guess the, the pressures uh, that a number of those producers are consistently put under. Um, I then thought I needed to probably expand my skill set. Uh, and so in doing so, I became a fund manager down in, in Melbourne. Um, I then worked for Horticulture Innovation Australia, which is the, um, I guess, the, the RDC for the horticulture sector. Um, during that time, I spent a fair bit of fair bit of it overseas, um, either in Asian or Middle Eastern countries. Got to, to love, I guess, the export game. Um, and I ended up starting a, a, a cross-border uh, e-commerce platform uh, with a friend of mine that I met in Shanghai. Um, that then led me to uh, consulting. Uh, so I was a consultant for a couple of years and and probably during all of that time, I had a you know I had a startup e-commerce business. I was consulting. Um, I had one child on the ground. I had another on the way, and it kind of all came to a bit of a head, Tomo. And um, and it was actually um, at, after a, an FFN board meeting uh, where I was sitting down when the when the previous uh, Auctions Plus CEO Anna Spear, who who also sat on the board. Um, kind of I was yawning to her and, and just kind of talking to her about all the pressures and, and, and everything that was kind of starting to tumble down around me. And she said, oh, well, why don't you come and, and, and work for Auctions Plus, you know, on a contract role? And, and I guess the rest is history. Uh, so I've kind of got FFN and uh, to thank for it, really. Uh, definitely been a big part of the journey and probably what hooked me into Auctions Plus and, and got me to where I am today. You, you've certainly uh, walked a few lives and, uh, and and done a few different things along the way. Um, can I st- step back a little bit? And a few questions we, we regularly get asked at FFN is you're sitting there at uni, you're doing, well, as you said, you started Ag Science, then you moved on to business and communications and that sort of thing. A lot of people ask us saying, you know, how do you know what you want to do um, later on in life? Um can, can you give me some of your insights being at that same age? I, I guess by the sounds of it, you weren't, you, you sort of had a bit of an idea where you wanted to go. Um, yeah, what would be your sort of uh, insights in, into those sort of questions? Yeah, Tom, it's a really good one. And I think, um, I think what you've got to do is follow uh, your passion. If I'm honest with you, if you, um, you know, you hear the saying, um, don't chase the money, you know, chase what you enjoy uh, and the money will come. And I think at a young age, that's, that's really sound advice, but you probably don't listen to it. Um, and I certainly didn't. Uh, so, but I, but I definitely think that it is, it is one that, you know, people should really listen to. The other thing is don't be afraid to, 
admit that you got it wrong. You know, I had a couple of stints at a bunch of other companies in there that didn't quite work out. Um, and it's also okay to try something and realize that it's not for you and then get out of there and start something new. Um, a, a mentor of mine once told me that, you know, <coughs> your career is, you know, is, is obviously about climbing the ladder, but there are some times when you've actually got to climb down the ladder, lift it off and put it onto another wall. And metaphorically, that could be, you know, a new sector, a new skill set. Um, so don't be afraid to, I guess, change the walls, um, you know, and, and move the ladder to where you where you feel comfortable and where you can excel. So, um, you know, we have a we have a really long life, um, and we spend a good chunk of it at work. So find something that you enjoy doing. Do, do you know how to, um, or is there anything that you learnt along the way to recognise those signs that you're saying, right, I've got to pull up stumps here. This, this is not where I want to be or what I want to do. Did you, did you find those signs? Yeah, I did, Tomo. Um, I think it's when, when you start to get a bit antsy, uh, probably you start to get a bit cranky. Um, you know, you start looking for, you know, I think about remuneration as not just, you know, a check that comes in a mail, you know, remuneration could be, you know, I'm working with a, with a wonderful mentor and I'm learning lots. It could be around actually I'm learning a new skill set here. Uh, I'm adding to my experience bank. It could be about work-life balance. It could be around a range of different things. And I guess when you start to look at your remuneration bank, you know, how I'm being remunerated, that's probably a telltale sign to say, look, the job that I have right now isn't necessarily the right fit for kind of what I need right now. Um, and that's okay. I think everybody's completely different. You know, some people might go from small business to corporate. Some people might go from corporate to small business. Some people might stay in small business their entire life. Some people might start their own business five times and fail at it five times and then go into corporate. I don't think there's a set rule and I don't think that, you know, I think there is sadly a stigmatism that, you know, you've got to get into a business, be there for a couple of years, climb the ladder, jump to the next one. And, um, you know, you've either got friends or society or, you know, industry throwing these expectations out. But to me, it's really around find the fit and the right business for you at the time and you'll excel. Yeah. So you, you touched on uh, sort of having a mentor um, and that sort of thing. Can, can you sort of um, explain that out a little bit more? You know, have you had very, you know, formal mentors, informal mentors? What, what does it look like uh, for you? Yeah, mate, you might be on. Um... Yeah, the, yeah, the, the um, I'd say I've, I've had a lot of informal mentors, Tomo, and I keep probably circling back to them. Uh, they're, they're probably, you know, um, friends of mum and dads that are, that are in the, in the sector that I've kept catching up with, with coffees and, and bouncing ideas off. Um, you know, they're people that I've worked with, uh, that might not, I've directly reported to. Um, so yeah, I've probably had a bunch of informal, uh, mentors, uh, and, stayed in contact with them, you know, whether I'm, you know, the ag sectors um, is extremely small. So 
you know, quite often I'll be boarding a flight at Dubbo and we'll bump into one of them, you know, and we'll, we'll it'll be a seven o'clock flight out of Dubbo and we've both been there for a conference, you know. We've been to the Angus Australia Conference and we're getting the early flight back to Sydney and we get a bacon egg roll and a coffee together. And, uh, you know, it's not necessarily um, formally bouncing stuff on them, but just continuing to learn and, and use them as a, as a kind of pressure test on, on your ideas and your direction. Uh, I do think there is, there is value in having formal mentors. Um, I just have, have not been fortunate enough to, to kind of to organise them or, or, or to fall into one, um, to formalise one. So, um, but, I, but I do definitely think that worthwhile having people who have got scars on their back to, to kind of, you know, to, to help you, you know, not necessarily from stop you from making the same mistakes, but maybe from not letting you fall as far. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty sound advice. Um, and, and one that a lot of people can, can learn off. Um, I, I want to jump back a little bit to your, um, your current working life. Um, so I, I've sort of got a bit of a memory, but you know, You've become CEO of Auctions Plus at a very young age. Um, how did you how did how did you feel about that? What did you feel like going into an interview to to uh, to become a CEO? Yeah, yeah, Tom. I was pretty nervous, to be honest with you. Uh, extremely nervous. Uh, you know, I think um, the when Anna left, um, yeah, there was a, there was an opportunity that kind of popped up and. Uh, I definitely wasn't a shoe in um, and, and I think I knew that. Uh, so I think it was, which was, which was kind of almost comforting because whilst there was, I was putting pressure on myself, there wasn't external pressures essentially. So that, that probably helped. Um, but yeah, I, I was definitely nervous, but I think what I, I you know, I spoke to my wife who is, uh, she's my absolute rock and, and cornerstone to a lot of, I guess, the business ideas and, and philosophies that I have, and and, the, and we bounce around those quite a bit. So we kind of sat down and said, well, you know, what do you think, Angus, is critical for for auctions plus in the future, and um, and and kind of mapped it out and and then put it into to my words, really. Uh, and I think for me, <laughs> it's not necessarily around promising the world uh, and saying we're going to take Auctions Plus to the moon and back um, or take X business to the moon and back. I think it's just around going, well, identifying a couple of incremental wins um, and work on, work on those in the short to medium term because opportunities pop up um, that you – least expect and don't plan for so i think it's just a matter of presenting uh yourself um in in your light don't try and you know pretend to be anything else because you definitely get found out uh pretty quickly um and you know uh i think it's a lot easier to just stand up and 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 you know be like this is who i am this is what i think i can do this is what I know I can do, and um, and and a selection committee will will kind of take that, and and then I guess the 
the scary bit and the humbling bit at the same time is, well, you've got the job, now you've got to deliver on it. So, yeah, um, sure. <laughs> um, you, you, you um, just briefly spoke about your um, lovely wife, Ellie, that I've met before. Um, how do you, and she's, you know, very successful businesswoman in her, in her own right. How do you both manage your work-life balance? Is there any sort of tricks or tips you, you find? Um, yeah. No, Tom, I wouldn't say there is. I think you fumble through. Uh, you get it right. You get it right for a minute, and then it then it craps itself, and then you get it right again for a little bit more, and then it craps itself again. No, I think the thing is you got to be kind to one another, uh, plan, and communicate. Is is really the kind of three things that we try and do. And there's times when we're tired and we're stressed, and we don't get to those, and and it all turns to crap. Um, but when we do do that right. You know, it's actually pretty easy. Do you have any uh, hard and fast rules or any any tips and tricks for your time management? No, uh, I'd say, well, I guess the, the the main one is that every Sunday we sit down and we plan the week. Um, you know, like we've got two kids, um, and if we've got a plan and we've got a routine and we know who's going where, I travel a fair bit. Ellie travels a fair bit. Um, and we kind of have stuff booked in, then our anxiety levels kind of drop. We're nicer people. Um, and if we're throwing a curveball, then, you know, one of the kids is sick. Um, I have to stay late for a meeting. There's an emergency at her work. Uh, you're in a better headspace to kind of jointly react in a positive way. So, yeah. Yep. Streety, so what do you believe is the biggest challenge for young people uh, in the agricultural industry and then, yeah, probably at a broader sense in agribusiness um, from, from your experience and thoughts? <coughs> I think getting into the production side of agriculture, there's definitely a number of challenges and facing, the, I guess, the future generations. Uh, I'm not, a, not a, an expert in that area, so I might stay well away from it. Um, when it comes to agribusiness, agri though, I think there's a number of um, roles, cadetships, uh, graduate programs um, across the sector um, that that I just encourage, I guess, the next generation or, or, or the graduates to jump into. Um, I don't overly see there being huge barriers because the employers are just looking for uh, people who uh, have, who are trainable, who have passion, who have energy uh, and have intent. Um, if you can kind of bundle that up um, and, and show that to a potential employer, um, there isn't really uh, any major barriers uh, fr from my perspective. I think the only barrier is the number of um, roles that are available. Uh, in, in the ag sector and I think uh, that that is the only I, I wouldn't say it's a barrier I'd say it, it would perhaps be a limitation um, but given you know the past 12 months the ag sector is in a really really great place uh, there's a huge amount of positivity and flowing through the sector so I know businesses you know are looking to gear up um, you know from an auctions plus perspective we're doing exactly that I know a lot of you know, the agencies are, um, I know a lot of the, I guess, supply chain businesses are. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's just a matter of if you can show that passion and energy and teachability 
side of yourself, um, there shouldn't be any any kind of hurdles getting into the ag sector. And then once you're in, it might not be in the specific skills area that you want to be in, um, but whether it's sales or ops or IT or customer service, they're all skills that will help you down the line. Uh, I think in the beginning, you know, I talked through my career and I've kind of taken quite a colourful path to get to where I am today and and I think that that has helped me um, be be the, the manager and the leader that I am. Um, I've got diversity of, of thought, diversity of skill set, um, and, and I guess I've been able to pull some gold nuggets from all of those experiences to, and they've built me up to who I am today. So, yeah, I think get in. Um, don't be afraid to try something that maybe you didn't think you would want to try. And then once you're in, learn, suck it in and, 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 and look to transfer within the business. I, I guess on the flip side of that question, what would you uh, want to see or, or, or hear from a young person that's sitting down, you know, looking to get a role uh, with you at Auctions Plus? Yeah, I, I'd say a little bit of, um, I'd start with a little bit of vulnerability, uh, I think, uh, which is really hard for, you know, a university graduate who thinks that they need to be confident and full of bravado. But I think just a little bit of vulnerability around what they don't know, perhaps, um, because we can all talk about what we do know. Um, to me, that shows self-awareness, um, but also that they're aware of their kind of black spots and, and maybe that's where they want to work on. Um, yeah. And, and at Auctions Plus, we can see that we, we can help them work on those, those, those dark spots. So that'd be the first bit. The second would be just a genuine, I guess, intent and proactive nature. Um, you know, somebody who isn't willing to roll that is, is willing to roll their sleeves up and jump into the deep end um, and try something that they perhaps might not have ever tried before. Um, and then the third would just be how do they learn um, and, and how teachable are they? Um, because whilst university, um, TAFE, um, you know, has given, gives a, a great foundation, I really does give, give you a really good grounding. So, and to be able to learn on the job, you need to be open to learning um, and, and wanting to be t- taught. So that'd be the three kind of things I'd be looking for. What do you consider is the most underrated value um, for someone in their career? I reckon empathy. And I know that, that I guess that could be um, shown as, um, it probably be actually two, and they're both at different ends of the spectrum now I think about it. Empathy and pragmatism. Um, I think if you can, and they both go hand in hand, if you can be both uh, empathetic, um, which is not necessarily caring, you know, or, or worrying, but uh, show empathy um, for, for team members, for clients, uh, but at the same time have, I guess, a pragmatic approach to decision-making 
um, I think that's a really great balance and, and they're two things that, you know, I continually try and work on myself. Okay. A couple of quick, fast questions because I know you're, you're a very busy person. Um, do you have any recommendations for podcasts, books, reading, you know, that sort of stuff? Yeah, I'm a big Brene Brown, Simon Sinek uh, fan. Uh, so they're two. I've also just read um, uh, Matthew McConaughey's Green Light, um, which I'm a huge fan of. And I'm about to hook into Barack Obama's autobiography. Nice, so, nice spread. Um, yeah, I, I like. Um, you know, I like learning from other people that perhaps have got a few more bruises and, and scars than I do. Uh, um, and I can take their learnings and, um, and into, I guess, my world. Nice. A uh, couple of, yeah, fast questions. Who would play you in a Hollywood film? Chris Hemsworth. 100%. I got the same rig as him. Interesting. I had you down as Danny DeVito. What would you take on a desert island? A book and a bottle of water. Not bad. An endless bottle of water. Not bad. Not bad. And uh, what are you looking forward to? Uh, what present are you looking forward to getting for Christmas? Oh, good question. I'd probably say the kids jumping on me at 5.30. I know that sounds a bit... Um, I would say the kids jumping on me at 5.30, Tomo, uh, wishing me a happy Christmas. I know it's a bit days where happy enough for me. Nice, nice. Well, thank you very much, uh, Streety, for being on the on the uh, podcast. I really appreciate your time and, and all the insights um, you've, you've given to all our listeners. Hi, John, it's Tomo. Um, love being a part of it. Uh, if there's anything that, you know, I've spoken to you many a time, but I guess if there's a no, please pass on my details. Um, you know, I'm still learning, uh, so I'll take these opportunities to, to, to learn as well. Thanks, mate. If you enjoyed this podcast, check out The Business of Farming, a series of recordings from the Young Farmer Business Program Conference featuring some of the best minds in business and primary production. Thank you.